0: Hi, it's Dating Coach Chris Luna from Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma Podcast, our free audio coaching program where we interview the top experts in the world at helping you become the man you've always wanted to be. My guest today is Eric Wiseman. Eric is the founder and instructor at Jaunty, a school dedicated to teaching social intelligence and human interaction. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you, Chris, right on. Hi, everyone.
0: So can you tell me more about what you're doing because you got some really cool stuff going on.
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's been a a long road, and I'll I'll quickly go over it. Um, I've always been really passionate about people and interactions and communication. Um, Ever since I was in elementary school or middle school, I was so curious about why we had these crazy cliques, right, why people kind of branched off into these tribes. And I spent a lot of time learning about the tribes. I wasn't the most popular kid but um, I did spend time in each tribe, whether it was the skaters, whether it was um, the rappers, whether it was the jocks, right, or the theater, the theater kids, um, and, and, I really, and I really started asking myself questions about um, why are people so uniquely different, and, and, that, and that kind of sparked um, me learning about people, and I think, I think growing up, where I, I was blessed to be in just a big family, um, and I feel like I've always semi-been a natural at at interacting with people, but uh, this curiosity continued. Uh, Throughout college, I I always had girlfriends, and this is where things started, where um, uh, the thought process of of being being a coach really started. And uh, so I always had had these wonderful girlfriends in in college, and um, guys, I was in a fraternity, and and a lot of guys came to me for advice. And I started giving, giving essentially dating advice. So that led to me becoming a dating coach and I um, I started teaching mostly men um, how to be. Uh, m- my thing was teaching nice guys how to become great men, right? Kind of kind of getting to the getting to who people really were. Wait, this is back in the day. I'm not going to date myself too much. Um, and 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 then a- after college, um, I got into a couple different industries and and, and learned a lot. But um, I really started diving deep into. Uh, neuroscience and psychology and science of attraction um, and, and, and cognitive behavioral therapy. And, and so I really got into human behavior. I started, I was kind of nerded out and, 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 read a lot of books and, um, and went through a, a really hard part of my life that I won't go too deep into. But after that, I do, I dove back into this stuff. And I started going out almost every night and practicing this, right? I, I played uh, social experiment after social experiment, things like, hmm, how do I get a free drink from the bartender, right? And, and that was like uh, trying to figure out room dynamics of, hmm, the bartender knows this guy, and that looks like the manager, that looks like the owner of the bar, and that's girlfriend, that's his friend, and I would kind of work my way up the, the ladder, getting introduced to the right people to get a free drink um, from the bartender. And so um, I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, maybe five, six years straight, uh, doing doing personal experimentation and then, of course, uh, studying and reading. Um, and and then women started coming to me and said, hey, you know, we want this stuff too. And then corporations started coming to me and saying, you know, we, we want to learn this stuff too. So um, it became a, it became an all-around social intelligence company, and it's been such a great ride now. It's been um, almost 10 years, and I'm loving it.
0: I want to kind of move a little bit deeper into the uh, idea of, or social intelligence the foundation of, of your your business what are some essential strategies if somebody's listening to this and they want to develop a social or emotional intelligence what are some things that they can do to get better at it
1: yeah right on so the the awesome news Chris is that all this stuff is learnable right all this stuff as you know you've seen you've seen massive changes in your clients I'm sure and um, our brains are plastic Okay, so what that means is it's called neuroplasticity. You can change the way neurons fire in your brain, all right? And, and why that's important is let's say you, you, walk in, you walk in a bar, okay? You walk into this really packed bar, and everybody there is, um, everyone there is having a good time. They look like they belong, right? They're all chatting with each other. Um, if you, since you were younger, uh, or maybe as soon as you were 21 and you started going to bars, um, you created a pattern and, and you created a belief system to where it's like, hmm, I walk in, this is how I usually feel, I go straight to the bar, I don't talk to anybody, um, I get my drink, I kind of, you know, hold the drink to my chest and I, and, and I just hang out and hopefully someone will talk to me, right? When you create these patterns, um, this, little, this little pathway that started in your brain is this is what I do in social interactions, um, um, when I'm in the social interactions, this is what I do. That pattern will become a deer path, all right? And then that deer path, when you keep doing it, will become a, uh, a highway, all right? So now this is a very powerful behavior that you have that your brain's telling you. Every time you go, it can be anything, walking up to a group of people, walking up to your boss, walking up to, you know, or doing public speaking. You have these pathways. So what we can do is start changing our belief systems to where we're slowly creating new deer paths of, yeah, you know what, talking... Talking to the bouncer for two minutes should, can be a really comfortable thing, and then moving on and getting introduced to this person and saying hi to the bartender. Even if you're alone, getting introduced to some some of their friends and then walking up to groups and saying hi to that hottie, right, or whatever, it, or whatever it may be. Um, so it, it does start with um, emotional and social intelligence, and and let's separate those two. There's a lot of thought processes on what these two things are, and if we can define it, emotional intelligence, Chris, is is, is more the internal. so this is the um this is the self-awareness this is uh putting a wedge in your in your belief system and 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 understanding how you are feeling and um yeah being able to read a little bit of other people's emotional intelligence but this is what we call frame this is what we call um in in this community is what we call internal status right um this 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 is what confidence is but you know i really hate when people say using the word confidence, right, it's not about going out there and being confident. What we believe um, confidence really is is getting as close as you can to mastering a skill. That's all confidence is, right? So um, internal status is confidence and belief system and um, um, behavioral patterns um, and skill set. It's really all about skill set, right? You take LeBron James. um, He's very confident on the court. Very confident, right, because he's got, his, he's got his frame on the court, right? But you put him um, space shuttle, right, R- ready to go to Mars, his internal frame going to change a lot, right? So you've got to break down what confidence is. You've got to break down, hmm, that, if you see someone, like, rock in a room, you see someone chatting up a group of women, right, instead of being like, hmm, that person is totally confident, right? Why don't you ask yourself what they're confident in, right? Are you, are they confident in, um, in approaching? Are they confident in humor? Are they confident in conversation agility? Right? Are they confident in touch and shaking their hand and cheers and whatever it may be, you can break those things down. Uh, social intelligence is a little bit different. Social intelligence is, uh, being able to, to read your environment. It's the ability to to get along with others and have others cooperate with you. So, hey, can you read them? Um, do you understand what's going on around you? Um, are you able to understand this person's a little bit shy? Maybe I should lean back, you know, and, and, and take a little bit of the pressure off them and talk more. All right, so social intelligence is is the ability to connect with other people, and emotional intelligence is the ability to connect with yourself.
0: You talked a little bit about mastery, right? So let's say a guy wants to be a master at approaching women or keeping a conversation going or touch, as you said. What are some specific things that they should focus on if they want to be competent and confident in these areas?
1: Yeah, good question. There are are specific things that I know we teach and and I know you teach as well. Uh, I think the main skills there's seven skills that we teach and each skill breaks down into a couple of things but when we talk about interactions uh, you really want to and you're never going to be a master at this stuff you're going to get close to it right but this, thing, this stuff always evolves and you should always be um, working on it if you really do want to become a master right they say about 10,000 hours um, and you have enough experience to, to really be able to start making it your own and uh, a big one is body language. You know, being able to understand when you start acting a certain way, you start feeling a certain way, and you become that way, right? You you come off that way. The magic, right? The magic happens because other people start seeing you in that way. Um, so body language is a big one. I'm not a big fan of the of like body language being 92, 93 percent um, with vocal tonality. Uh, some of those studies I'm not 100% confident in, but It is a huge chunk. Body language is a big deal. It does include voice.
0: If you do research on those studies, a lot of them will say that if I use that statistic, I'll use it in the context of maybe a first impression. Before you walk into a room, she doesn't know anything about you like the first few seconds. But there is all this other information that she's using or he's using or whatever to gather about you. Who are you with? What is the environment? How are you interacting with other people? How are you dressed? And some of that stuff falls into body language and voice and some of it doesn't, right? So, um there's all these different things that you're giving off all this information, the stimulus that people are taking in through essentially their five senses. Right. And, and they're using that to make a determination. And, uh, but I, I mean, I think that's a great point. You, you were starting to talk about seven, like these seven things that break down. I don't know if body language is one of them. Is that one of them? Or if not, like what are these seven things?
1: Yeah. So, so, um, body language is one of them. Um, and yeah, and, and just to take back on what you said um, all the things that other people are picking up, uh, I think it's really important that you do that stuff for you first, right? I don't want you to stand a certain way. I don't want you to lean back because you're told to do so to look a certain way, all right? I want you guys to, to act a certain way so you feel a certain way and then you become that way and it'll come off. The side effect, the side effect is that people will see it that way, Right? Um, and, and the other, the other skills. That's just body length, right? The other skills, conversational agility is a, a huge skill. It is important what you say, right? So um, being able to, you know, the goal is the goal is to be able to talk to anyone, anytime, anywhere. That's really the goal. And I want, you know, uh, I think it's a big dance, right? It's it, it's it's pretty fun if you can hold a great conversation. If someone else can hold a great conversation, then. Then you guys, then two people can really kind of become their own um, experience with each other. They can they can really learn from each other. Um, but sometimes other people can hold their own, and, and it's your job to be able to to take this person through a pretty amazing ride, right? You wanna you wanna take someone through ups and downs of the conversations in a good way. You wanna be able to take someone through an emotional roller coaster while you're talking to them. But here's the key: is I want, um, something that I, we teach, and I know you do too, is being able to. I want to be able to pick you up, pick someone up, and just throw you in any situation. And just by you knowing you're going to be able to to, to influence and lead a conversation in any way, will give you a lot of will give you will give you a lot of confidence for other skills like approach, right? For instance, if I was able to give you a pill, and and this pill would be like, you know what? Here's here's a pill that will for sure have have you um, always have great conversations. Uh, consistently. No matter what situation you're in, you're going to be able to have a great conversation. How how much easier would that make walking up to someone?
0: I think it would be massive. I'm curious, like, what are some of the specific things that uh, you guys teach in order to keep that conversation going? Because I think all the guys who are listening to this, or even if there's some gals listening to this, like, they would love to have that ability to walk into a room and keep a conversation going. Um, but it's, a lot of them I know just don't really know how. They don't know if they should be like what type of questions to ask, or should they be using questions, or should they be using like other tools? And so, what tools are available? Can you talk a little about some of the, some of those things that you guys teach?
1: Yeah. So uh, one of the best things uh, you can do is um, just start like reading. Take a Bible with you and start like reading a Bible um, at all your social events. I'm I'm playing. What what um what you can do is start using associations. Right. This is about like changing your brain patterns and how you speak with someone, okay? So um, if you start associating words, right, we, we teach, I, I think, I think um, what a lot of people call it is threading, where you start associating words with stories, right, you start associating words with opinions, you start associating words with experiences, um, you can almost take what people are talking about and ensure that you're going to take it somewhere fun, right, or take it somewhere not fun if that's what you want, um, it's also good to have uh, to have a complete structure, all right. So figure out what in context what you wanna. Are you in a are you, are you trying to get a date with someone? Or are you trying to get a business card? Or are you trying to get funding? Okay, so um, being able to um, being able to associate and go off into really interesting threads uh, is something that we teach, and this is something that takes a lot of practice to where. Um, when you do it consistently, you're able to know that, hmm, no matter what words or things they say, I'm going to be able to take that association, right? Being able to, being being able to, someone someone starts talking about, um, you, you know, I was at a networking event not too long ago, and, and I was um, outside a group of four or five people, and it was a really fun networking event. It was for a really good cause. And this one woman, she started talking about, like, her cat who had cancer, all right? And um, she was going off and on about it, and I was just able to, I was able to see everybody kind of slump down and get sad. Um, and, you know, we all had empathy for her, which, which is great, or we all had sympathy at least. Um, but being able to be like, you know, hey, I'm sorry, that sounds really sad. Sorry about that cat. You know, speaking of, of animals, my, my brother-in-law, he's a vet, and, you know, he's the craziest thing happened to him, right? Get this, everybody. And you're, you're going into a fun, t- you're, you're kind of changing the, changing the topic a little bit, um, not to be rude, that, that's a little bit of an extreme example, but being able to associate, so, so we teach threading with association, it's one of the best tools is where you can take something that someone might be talking about, and you don't have to say it every time, but the point is, I want you to be able to grab that arrow and put it in your quiver, so, um, when you want to change subjects, or when there's, an, there's a silence, or when they're done, or when no one knows where to go with the conversation next, you do, right? And then you start adding in things like open-ended questions, and um, humor, and storytelling, and all these fun tech, all these fun skills that, that you can learn. Uh, you really start becoming um, kind of a social dynamo in a sense of conversation.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great example. Can you talk a little bit about open opening questions and, and storytelling? Give the guys some specific tips for using these tools to have conversational agility?
1: Uh, yeah, totally. I think um, ended questions, instead of using things like where do you like to travel, right? someone you, you walk up to someone and you're like, you know, she's like, oh, I just went on this trip you know, I really love traveling and, and this and that. Um, there's a couple of places you can take that, right? You can talk about you that likes to travel, which is what too many people do too much of, um, and it's okay to talk a little bit about you as long as you follow it up right with the question, but uh, a, closed-ended, a closed-ended question would be like, hey, where'd you go last, or where do you like to travel to, all right? Um, the open-ended question is, that's awesome, you know, what is it about travel that really gets you going, you know? So, um, so that way, the person's going to open up a little bit more, and here's the thing, Chris, is that when one person opens up, and then it makes you want to open up, and then you open up, and it makes them want to open up. You guys really start going into deeper conversation because sometimes small talk is um, is kind of just surface level, and you end up you end up getting a flaky number, you end up um, not getting a meeting with that person, and um, kind of asking the why questions. I think we forget about hmm, why why do you like doing that, right? And what's cool about that is you can put it on the spot sometimes because if I was like, hey, Chris, what is it about, you know, we've talked about this earlier, what is it about podcasts that you really love? You know, it kind of gets you thinking a little bit more and it'll create some emotion, which is a great way to connect and create, you know, drop some oxytocin and and bond with
0: the person a little bit. I 100% agree with you. The other thing open-ended questions does is, it gets the conversational burden off you and onto them. And I think a lot of people get stuck in their heads trying to think about what am I going to say next or what's the perfect thing to say. And and what happens is if you use, you learn to use open-air questions, you learn to use the why questions like you're saying, you can take a step back and just listen to what they have to say. And the conversations will will grow organically. So I think that's a great tip. Dating coach Chris Thoney here. This is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about three simple things that you can do to dramatically change your life. First, listen to this entire podcast and then subscribe through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. This way you'll immediately be notified every time we share a new release. If you listen and apply the ideas we discuss on these podcasts, it will change your life forever. Second, go to craftchrisma.com, create account, and become a member of our community. There you can read articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos, ask us questions, and document your journey in our forums. Great men don't become great on their own. All great men are members of a community, and Craft Charisma is your community. Finally, if you're serious, and I know that you are, about making massive changes to your life as quickly as possible, check out our live coaching programs on our website, Craft Charisma Live programs are the fastest way to improve your dating and social life. And who knows? Attend our live programs, let us get to know you, and you may end up as a member of the Craft Charisma team. Again, thank you for listening. Now back to the podcast. You talked about these other seven skill sets. I'm not going to get stuck on it, but can you go through maybe a couple more?
1: Sure. I think uh, the most difficult skill, the most difficult one, and probably the second most um, actually, let me rephrase that. The most important skill, and probably the second most difficult to get close to mastering, um, would be assertiveness. I think assertiveness is, is one of the most important ones. This is great for leadership. This is great for leading in any situation, right? And, and, and man, I was just in New York, and I and I'm here in San Francisco, and I t- the guys especially, and, and and women too. We are we're way too passive, man we just don't, you know, we don't want to make waves at all. Like, uh, we're we're way too passive and people are just starving for a little bit of, of assertiveness, a little bit of leadership. Um, and, you know, assertiveness is not being, you know, not to be confused with things like aggressiveness or obviously passiveness is another communication style and, and you know, the worst is right in the middle is uh, being passive aggressive. So um, assertiveness is things like, you know, giving your opinion without really worrying about what anyone else thinks. Assertiveness is setting boundaries. Assertiveness is, is saying no. You know, we have a hard time saying no, right? If I'm like, hey, Chris, man, you know, I'm coming to, um, I'm coming to New York. Can, you know, can I stay with you for two weeks? I'd really appreciate it. Like, it's tough to say no. It's tough, it's tough to be comfortable saying no. And, and obviously, I don't want to turn people into, into dicks, right? It's not, I don't want to turn people into jerks um, to be able to say no to everything. It's about being able to have that tool in your toolbox to say no um, or asking. We have a hard time, like, hey, I want people to be able to walk up to their boss and be like, um, you know what, uh, I've been doing this, and, and these are the numbers. Um, what could we do about, you know, getting me a raise? You know, being able to ask for stuff is, is a tough thing to do. Some of the most successful people in the world ask for too much, and, you know, I don't want anyone to be that person. But being, being comfortable asking for stuff I think is really important. Setting boundaries. There's so much stuff to assertiveness. And, and, and even disagreeing, right? Disagreeing, but here's the trick. Don't make it confrontational, right? You you, you walk into a situation and, and think this is going to be a confrontation, you're going to look for it. It's going to become a confrontation. The uh, definition of assertiveness is, or at least mine, is the ability to um, state your views, opinions, beliefs, feelings, while respecting the other person right while respecting their rights. So um, assertiveness is really tough and, and there's such a such an awesome light at the end of the tunnel when you know you can become that assertive person We all have it inside of us. Um, we all really look up to people that are assertive and sometimes we say oh, I wish you know I wish I can I wish I could just walk up and be assertive and talk to those talk to that group of, of really attractive people um, or I wish I could walk up to that. To that venture capital partner that I want to ask for, for for partnership with, um, and it's all learnable. All this stuff is learnable. So, um, assertiveness is really important.
0: Do you have any recommendations for being more assertive? Because I know a lot of people want to be more assertive, but they do get in those situations where they know they need to ask for more money or they need to set boundaries or say no to somebody, and they don't do it. I agree with you. This is a hard skill set to learn, and I agree 100% that it is teachable. I'm curious how you guys teach it.
1: Yeah, so we we do a lot of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Right, so um, we do a lot of, and this is this is shining a light on our fears, right? This is this is um, exposing that. This is practicing it. Like we do a lot of overcorrection, right? We 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 kind of flood, we flood this stuff so that when you take a, and and this is where hiring a coach, this is where taking courses, um, this is a big one where where you know reading about it and and even listening about it is not. Is, is not going to really uh, do it justice in changing your behaviors. This is where, you know, you go to Aircraft to Prisma, right, uh, to be able to to be able, to be able to learn these things. And uh, role-playing, right, role-playing and actually, you know, going into some tougher, tougher role-plays. You know, so it's exactly like I asked you a question, like, hey, Chris, man, you know, you're my only friend in town this weekend. Uh, you know, can you help me move? Right, and I want you to say no. You know, I want to be like, you know what, Eric, I'm really busy this weekend. I'm sorry. Uh, I can't. And, and that pause, you know, get, a big part of, of assertiveness is being comfortable with poise and stillness and pause, right? There was this time I was uh, a, a startup here in San Francisco. They asked me to help negotiate, a, um, I guess, a cap sheet, right? They, they were talking to an to a, uh, incubator, and the incubator wanted a percentage of the company. And so uh, my friend who runs a startup, he, he asked me to come negotiate. And so, uh, they were, it was straight out of a movie, man. Like they were across the table. We knew what we wanted. They knew what they wanted. And we were sliding papers back and forth. Um, and we, and, and they ended up asking out of the blue for way too much. Right. Um, they, they, they over and said, you know what? We're going to give you all this. Uh, we want 51. They actually said, it was crazy. We want 51% of the company. And, and I told my friend, you know, don't say anything. Let me, let me do all the talking. And all I did was shut up. I didn't say anything, right? He slid the paper over and said, we want 51%. And all I did was maintain eye contact. I didn't say anything. I paused, right, which we sometimes feel very uncomfortable with. Um, and he started filling in the space, the incubator, right? They were like, ah, you know, but there's a sliding range. We can, we can lower it, right? Um, so I would, I would recommend taking baby steps for everybody. Getting comfortable with pause and finding out where that social anxiety goes, right? Um, have you ever asked yourself, where does social anxiety go? This is what what is stopping us from being assertive, right? I'm going to walk up to that person because they are playing their music way too loud, all right? Um, but as I'm walking up to them, I'm starting to feel lightheaded. My face is feeling flushed. I'm going to pass out. Whatever your feelings are, some people get butterflies, some people sweat, right? So, we want to start identifying, Break what we do is we break that shit down, right? We break down exactly, mm, there's, there's me sweating, there's me feeling a little lightheaded, and you're not going to pass out. No one's ever going to pass out from social anxiety, right? Um, and so uh, we want to be able to really, it's called cognitive behavioral therapy where we, where we shine a light on this stuff, and uh, we, we overdo it in our practices. So when you take it out of the real world, it's, it's basically cake because situations will not be that harsh in the real world.
0: It makes sense. When you guys are doing CBT exercises, when you're having somebody check in, do you have them just check in for a moment emotionally or are you having them write in a diary or on their phone how they're feeling when they're in an awkward pause or they're going up and they're approaching someone to ask them to turn down music? What is your recommendation? I think both,
1: right? Um, I think you you have to, first you have to be present and notice where it's going and first identify it. Um, and then you got to make sure that this is the correct thing that's happening. If, if it happens, you have to have a good sample size, right? Um, and then you start writing about it, okay? And then you start writing about the situations where it comes up in the real world, right? Um, uh, after it happens, right? You don't want to, you know, you're talking to your boss and you're like, "Hold on, boss, let me let me write how I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's great about journaling is, is that you can start seeing trends, right? You want to track. Hmm, you know what? I, I had to talk to my. I, I had um, I had two board meetings today. One of them, I felt you know on a level one to ten, this type of anxiety, and it went here. The second one, this I felt a lot better, right? So um, I think try. It's, it's like you want to lose weight, right? Uh, weigh yourself every day. You know, you. I know people say don't do that, but if you really want to track your success, um, see if you're trending in the right way. It just you know it's it's you can do that with with um, social anxiety too. Well, so assertiveness, assertiveness is really important. So if, 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 if anyone takes one thing away from this, it's, um, identify what's hard for you. Is it saying no? I mean, be honest with yourself. Is it, is it asking for stuff? What part of assertiveness is difficult for you? And, and here's the thing. Everyone's entitled. No one's more entitled than you, all right? Nobody's more entitled than, than you. So uh, you have just as much right to, to do what you want than anyone else.
0: Preach on. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. So, um, if there, let's say that there is a listener and he wants to walk in these social situations. I mean, you described, I mean, you're in the San Francisco Bay. Uh, I don't know if you knew, know this, but I actually was born in San Jose and first few years of my life were in Mountain View. So, um, I'm a Bay Area kid, although I live in the big city now, but. With uh, If there's somebody listening to this and they want to get better at approaching, starting conversations, building rapport quickly, whether it's with their hot neighbor or somebody at a bar or a prospective investor for their startup, what can they do to improve these skills of making awesome first impressions?
1: So, yeah, first impressions are are really important. And yeah, in the first negative three seconds, you're going to be put in a in a compartment, right? You're going to be you're going to be judged the second you walk in. And of course in the first ten minutes, even five minutes, people are going to have their picture of you. Um, so putting together all these skills, right? This is we we've actually taught a couple of celebrities from from walk-in to conversation to exit, right? I think being able to to connect and have a synergy with, with the, I'll continue with what the other skills would be, um, in this question. So, so I think the most attractive and the fastest way to attraction is humor, right? So I think, uh, being able to be playful is probably if I had two things to say, um, overall, I mean, uh, obviously if you're just going to walk in and, and you only have two seconds to say something, I would say, um, slow down with everything. Slow everything down. Put yourself in slow motion with whatever you're doing. Um, This will, even in speech, even in movement, in walking, in picking up your champagne glass, all right? Everything needs to slow down. And the second thing is be playful, all right? So what's amazing is we understand first impressions, but humor ties into it um, very quickly because if you're you're funny in the first few seconds or first minute of interaction – you're pegged to someone who's fun with a good sense of humor immediately, right? Um, even if you're, you're boring for the next hour, if you were funny in the beginning, you're still okay, right? And you're still, you're just, you're put in that, our brains just kind of lock you in that, well, he can be fun or, or she can be really fun. Um, if you're not, you know, if you're, if you're like rushed and nervous and just very serious, right? Even an hour or two later, you throw in a joke, you know, um, Someone, so, you know, someone might just be like, "Oh, cool! They threw one in there. That's good." It's it's hard to you know it's hard to become pegged to someone who's playful at In every situation, I create humor. In fact, when I was in uh, I was in New York, and oh my God, you guys you guys haven't made out there for men. Men and uh, gay women and straight men have you you have no excuses in New York. There's so many women out there.
0: The ratios are the exact opposite in the Bay Area, right? <laughs> exactly
1: uh, yeah it's, 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 it's amazing if you can if you can rock it in in san francisco the straight guy new york new york as it was was just ridiculous and um i remember you know using humor on the street or any situation it it opens people up very quickly right um i know i was walking down park avenue a few times and there was this there was this woman behind me and she had these really loud heels on like really loud and i turn around and well, what was funny is when, I, as I was walking, I saw every guy looking behind me. Like, so I figured she was, she was going to be, she was going to be pretty cute. And I turn around, I look at her, and she was, she was absolutely stunning When it. She was going into this building called the Creative, which was like this modeling agency over there, and right next to where I worked, Right. It was, it was tough working I'll tell you. Her heels were really loud. And I turn around, and I, I just use a, I use a comedic formula, right, which is called the reversal. And I turn around, and I was just like, um, what exactly did I say? I was like, oh, I'm, I would totally hire you as a ninja, you're so stealthy, right? Or something, something to do with her, her heels being really loud. Oh, uh, that's funny. Right? Yeah. It, was just, it was just like, um, it was an opposite, you know, because they were really loud. And her face just like, she, the biggest smile came on, and then she's like, hey. And I turn around, and she actually starts like fake tap dancing on the street for me. She's like, well, check this out, right? And she starts like, she starts tap dancing in her heels, and uh, we end up having a, an amazing conversation um, for about three or four blocks, right? And I, I have a girlfriend, so I ended up getting her number to invite her to, to a party that we were having to introduce her to some other people. And it was, you know, humor. I think is it, it, it will be the deal breaker is um, when you walk up to that business partner or that woman or whatever it is. It's the difference between here's another one. You know, it's like people say, go ahead and give your elevator pitch, and you're like, well, mm-hmm, you know. Um, um, you know, I'm a instructor, I run my company, blah, 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 blah. You're just like everyone else, right? You throw a little bit of touch and humor and, um, right, and of course, empathy, which, which we haven't talked about uh, too much today. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're getting invited to stuff, right? It's the difference between, like, give me your card versus, hey, you should come to my barbecue next weekend, right? Um, be playful. I think waking up in the morning and putting like put a big P on a piece of paper and put it next to your bed and be like, you know, ask yourself yesterday, today, are you being playful enough? Like, have you played? Um, you know, going to your meeting, you should, you should be a little bit playful going, going to to this party, um, have a playful mindset. We have a very hard time transitioning. This goes into sexual presence too. We have a very hard transitioning from being in front of our computer for eight hours, uh, to, to going and being social. Right. I um, was, uh, you know, I've trained some really big companies uh, like Google and YouTube, and they are on the computers like 16 to 18 hours a day, right? So how on earth are they going to just transition to go to happy hour, close their computer, and go to happy hour in 20 minutes, right? So um, making that transition and, like I said, slowing down and being playful. And the good news is, is all you know, is humor. Humor itself is very, is very learnable right? It's um, a lot of us, there's no funny gene, right? There's no, um, you know, DNA of humor in our body. We can all learn it. And there's in the moment spontaneity stuff where we don't have to be memorizing stuff and um, um, being able to use, being able to use our environment, right? Situational awareness.
0: I I think those are great tips. A lot lot of guys, I feel like want to be silly, but they become inhibited. And I, I don't know if we, I mean, looking at the time. I don't know if we have really have time to get in those things. Uh, But you did talk about specifically the reversal strategy for saying something funny or whatever. Do you have a couple other specific things that guys could use if they're feeling inhibited, a life hack for humor to throw in that witty comment or what have you? I mean, some like additional structures uh, beyond the reversal. Yeah. Well, I think
1: the easiest, you know, like reversal goes to sarcasm, right? I think Um, what we teach is a lot of character humor and role playing humor. Um, but I think reversal, you can use it in a, in a lot of different situations. And, and here's the trick. Everybody put exaggeration on it, right? So add some exaggeration. So the person knows that, um, you're just totally being ridiculous. And, and, um, the trick, the trick to humor is amuse yourself. Don't walk in and be like, okay, I'm going to say a joke to make them laugh." I want, you know, delivery is a big part, too, and this ties into body language, but, like, reversal plus, like, exaggeration. The key, look around, okay? So you walk into a bar, and you walk in, and and it's completely dead, right? The bar is completely empty, and you're you're with your date, right? The restaurant's completely empty. Um, You walk in, you know, and if you just met this person outside, there's always kind of a weird... You know, how do we get this started and how do we talk? And you start using humor. Like, you, you, you bring her into the restaurant and you see that it's dead and you say something like, whoa, you think, you think, the, you think the wait will be long? You say, you say something the opposite. You think we'll be able to get a table in here, right? Um, using your environment, right? So using what someone might be wearing, using, you, playing with the environment is, is the best way to, to really use humor.
0: The other day I was out and I was coaching. One of the guys was having a bad night for a few different reasons. I mean, not a horrible night, just he wasn't having an awesome night. And uh, I told him, I want you to approach that girl. There's a girl about five feet from us. And she was wearing these like really short orangey pink booty shorts. And so I, I told him, I'm like, I want you to walk up that girl and just tell her, I love your shorts. I have the same pair. And Totally. And it was, it was using the environment. It was something that was so outrageous. Like, there's no way this guy, like this masculine guy is going to have these shorts. So he, he looked at her shorts. <laughs> so I'm like, go, just say it. And uh, so he walked up to the girl and he said, he tapped on the shoulder. She turned around and looked at him like, who's this guy? And he goes, I have to say, I love your shorts. I have the same pair. And then she looked at him for about three seconds in silence and then just burst out laughing and bam, he was in the interaction. So, um, it's exactly exemplifies exactly what you're, you're, you're talking about. But, uh, I think those are great tips. I think they're absolutely great tips. Things like using the environment, being a little bit outrageous, being silly. I I would say the best tip I've heard for being silly is letting yourself be uninhibited, which is hard for a lot of guys, but that sometimes if someone tells me I want to be silly I'm like uh how do I be silly but if they say oh just let yourself go and be inhibited uninhibited for me that makes it a little bit easier but if you're listening maybe that's enough just that kind of being silly but I I think these are really great really great ideas any kind of like last words of wisdom uh from that the great old uh golden state (laughs) San Francisco Bay
1: (laughs) oh man um yeah I think I think the key is we always say this is just Going out and practicing this stuff, and I think taking baby steps at a time. Don't throw yourself into extreme uncomfortable. Right, hang out in your mild uncomfortable. Um, but but I, th- I think working with someone such as you know going to craft of charisma and and learning this stuff, um, doing it over and over again. Uh, I want I want people to start flooding this right. And and going back to humor, um, make sure you're doing all this stuff for yourself. Right, you're amusing and having fun yourself, and and um, and 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 don't make yourself too much of the butt of the joke, right? Because there's a little bit of truth to what you say in humor, right? You see, you go into the self-deprecation stuff. Don't don't ever self-deprecate yourself. Um, I also would say reward yourself for give yourself positive reinforcement for all the small things you do. So um, even just being aware, you know, hey, I, I'm aware that I could have said this, um, a lot better, right? And tie yourself on the back for being aware of it. Um, or what I used to do is actually, I carried around M&Ms. And I would reward myself immediately with a little, you know, chocolate dopamine net. Uh, to be able to, uh, remind myself of the things and, that I really want to accomplish. Um, so I think, I think doing it, getting out there and doing it, and getting out of your comfort zone a little bit. I think it's probably the
0: most important thing. I think it's a great tips. You talked earlier about things that you need are touch, humor, and empathy. And we didn't really get a chance to talk about empathy. Maybe we can talk about it briefly, but for the people who are listening, the basis of intimacy is really of two things. It's physical contact and emotions, right? So, Another time, we'll probably go into a lot more detail in that. But humor, when we talk about emotions, we you guys all know what touch is, right? What physical contact is. And there's definitely a lot of strategies for, for using that. When we talk about emotions, we're talking about creating attraction, creating value, a perception of value. Humor brings value into people's lives because it makes them feel good. And when people feel good, uh, it's valuable. And so even this thing Eric's talking about, amusing yourself even in that, like amusing yourself, you're having fun, that energy is transferred to the people around you. It's contagious. They pick it up and that's valuable. So I think that's a really good tip. I mean, we could talk about this subject for an hour, but essentially it's a, it's a way to create attraction. People will be attracted to you if you make them feel good. And then the idea of empathy, it really, if somebody feels comfortable around you. So when they are attracted to you, they will try to get close to you. When they're comfortable around you, you have empathy, they'll allow you to get close to them. And those are really the two kind of foundations of intimacy. Do you want to talk a little bit about empathy before we wrap up? Sure. Uh, yeah. And and I think that, that ties
1: exactly into emotional and social intelligence. And I, I love uh, the V word that you used, um, vagina. I really love that we brought that in, um, <laughs> value, <laughs> value actually, uh, which is the same thing essentially. <laughs> Um, so, so in all honesty, uh, you hit it on the head talking about yourself and self-worth, right? So um, this is where a lot of self-esteem. This is how you battle shyness. Is, is with some is learning some of these skills and empathy is a huge skill. Um, what we're doing by getting better, what we're essentially doing, what 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 you're doing, Chris, what I'm doing, what I teach all my students, what what, what you teach your students is, we are creating these valuable people. And to themselves and to others. And um, when you start getting really, I don't think there's anything more valuable than, than social intelligence and being able to have the, the skill of empathy and being able to have uh, all these skills that we're talking about. Um, you actually become a commodity when you get better at social intelligence. So, for instance, I just like, this is where you start getting invited to a lot of stuff. Is because when Chris is around, um, I know I'm going to meet some really cool people. I'm going to laugh a lot. Uh, he's going to introduce me to some beautiful people because he knows I'm single. Okay. Um, I actually uh, last year um, about three times I got I got flown out. Uh, some of these startups, you know, these, these these tech companies here, they they have a lot of money and they take a lot of fun trips and they'll get these these crazy tables, right? In like Vegas and in LA, they'll just have these massive parties. And and usually I don't know if you've ever seen the show Silicon Valley. Um, but it's, it's not that far off to where it's, you know, 15 guys at a VIP table by themselves, right? So after training this company or, or, or maybe some of the people that were within this company, I would get flown out. This happened twice last year. I would get flown out just because they know having me there would, would be a huge value add to where I was able to go around the club and bring, bring women, is what up coming down to, bringing a lot of women to their table and introducing new people to new people, and, and just making sure, ensuring that there wasn't any awkwardness. I would actually help with the conversations, and I would take the pressure off everyone with storytelling and and kind of ask the right questions to make people feel comfortable. Um, and it essentially, ended up being a really, you know, ended up being a really fun time. Um, so you become very, very valuable um, when when you can make people feel comfortable, and empathy is one of the fastest ways um, to do it. And and we we don't take time out of our day to give someone 100%, right? We don't um, – I mean, this is like in person. Like, picture yourself walking down the hall and, and there's another worker walking by. When you guys actually walk by each other and you say, hey, how's it going? Cool, great, you're good. Uh, uh, right? and, and, and you? Good, uh-uh, right? And you're walking – you you don't stop your walking, really, and maybe if you do, you just kind of turn, but you're still, you're still walking backwards to – you're walking back towards your office. You're walking back towards like your computer is way more important than this person, right? Um, empathy essentially is remembering, hey, let's stop. Let's look this person in the eye. Let's seriously look, you know, look at their body language, see if they're feeling okay. Um, putting yourself in their shoes for a little bit, right? When was the last time someone would just like they stop everything and they're like, hey, so how's your day, honestly, right? And they give you they give you a lot of a lot of um, and they, and they go deeper even if you answer it. They actually ask another open-ended question about that, right? So, giving people the gift of time is a big part of empathy, and and we don't. This is a part of emotional intelligence too: is putting that wedge in in our fast day-to-day day-to-day lives, to where um, we just kind of quickly are fleeting. We're very fleeting with each other, with technology, with with um, how fast-paced work can be and the day can be. Um, And it's important to remember. Um, and this goes into that open-ended question we talked about, right? So if someone, says, if someone says, hey, I really love playing guitar, right? Um, instead of talking about how you love guitar, you, you can ask that open-ended question we talked about. Hey, what is, about, what is it about guitar that you really love, right? And then they start going into why they love it, and what you can do is, is repeat a little bit of what they said. Wow, it sounds like, you know, music's a really big really part of your life. You know, taking that extra step... To where, um, seriously, you can do this. You do this out of the blue, right? You give someone, hey, it sounds like you know you're you're a, a really adventurous type of person. I like that. You give that to somebody, um, and it's really powerful. We we seem to be too rushed for that these days, and we seem to be um, trying to do this over a text message, but doesn't doesn't quite work as much as well.
0: Eric, this has been absolutely awesome. I got to wrap this up because um, I know you have to go as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you want to learn more about Eric and his different coaching programs, we're going to post some links on the Craft of Christmas website and within the description of this podcast so that you can learn about him more easily. Thank you so much again.
1: Thank you, Chris. Right on.
0: It's dating coach Chris Lona here Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And we absolutely love making this podcast. We make this podcast for you. So if there's somebody that you want on the show, let me know. I will yell, scream, stand in front of their house, do everything I do to get them on the show for you. Also, don't hesitate to follow the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. You can also give us a shout out through social media, Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. And lastly, go to the Craft Christmas website and create an account. There you can talk about the podcast and communicate with me directly. So thank you again for taking time to listen. You will hear again from me soon.